the Bible Study Podcast, episode 495. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues a study on Christian maturity and fear. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. This is one of those episodes where when I thought about Christian maturity and I wanted to think about what makes Christians mature, this one may seem a little odd because we're going to talk about prayer, we're going to talk about community, we're going to talk about Bible study, or did last week rather. But this one is about fear, which is not a mark of maturity, but I wanted to talk about it because I sometimes see that we as a culture who are living in a culture of fear don't incorporate what the Bible has to say about fear into our lives in a way that we should as mature Christians. When I say we live in a culture of fear, remember that with the nightly news or the news in general or or politics or those sort of things, there are people who gain from our fear in the sense that in the news, if I want you to get interested in watching the news every night, there is some reason to not show you every plane that lands safely, to not show you every kid who's growing up successfully, but to show you those things that are newsworthy, that are unusual. And that changes our perspective. It makes us think that crime, for instance, is on the rise when it's when it's dropping often, or it makes us think that planes fall out of the sky every day, even if it happens in the U.S. once every four years, or those sorts of things, it can change our perspective, and it can lead to fear. It can lead to fear of a number of different things, or a number of different people, or a number of whatever, people not like us. So anyway, we have that. And then we have, what does the Bible say about fear? And I want to deal with it in a couple different segments. First, fear in terms of our relationship with God and how that is not supposed to be a relationship of fear. And we're going to go here to 1 John 4, starting here partway through verse 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And this part, it's talking about that our relationship with God is based on what Christ did for us, and therefore we don't need to be afraid. That our relationship to God should be anchored in God's love and not in a fear of God. And this is in a larger context here where John is talking about God's love and our love. You know, ahead of this, we get things like, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And after this, we get things like, because he first loved us, whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever who does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And all of this, though, is anchored in what Christ did for us. That before we should talk about fear, we should talk about, are we grounded? Are we grounded in that central fact of our life with God? That he loves us and that everything else, I think, starts with that. And so that's why John, in the middle of this paragraph about God loves and therefore we should love, says, let's ground this, anchor this, 
in this relationship with God, which is without fear. Going on, I want to get to Luke, and this is Luke 8, verse 22 through 25, and it's Jesus calms the storm. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got in a boat and set out, and they sailed, and he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake, so the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now, this is a verse that is about fear and about faith. Right? They are afraid, first, by the wind and the waves, and second, because they realize the awesome, amazing power of Jesus, the awesome, amazing power of God, and that it resides in Jesus. And the first part of that fear, let's talk about the fact that this is completely normal, expected. You're in a boat that's about to be swamped. You're in great danger. It says they were in great danger. And they wake him up and they say, we're going to drown. And of course, they are about to drown from all evidence. They're in a boat, on the lake, in a storm. The boat is being swamped. They hadn't taken their YMCA swimming class. They're about to drown. And yet when Jesus gets up and rebukes the wind and the waves, he says, where is your faith? What they didn't get, the reason that they're afraid, isn't just that they were in a boat and that the boat was about to go down, or they thought the boat was about to go down. What they didn't get is that even Jesus asleep in the back of the boat, that God is in control, that God has power. Even in the midst of struggle, in the, even in the midst of storms, even in the midst of danger, Jesus challenges them and says, in, in essence, don't you understand that there is something greater here than the danger you're in? And rebukes them for what seems like very, very reasonable fear. And I would suspect that some of us in our lives have what seems like very, very reasonable fear. Right? There are sometimes you're afraid of things that is irrational And quite often we're afraid of things that is completely rational, whether it be losing your job, whether it be cancer. There are things that are more likely and less likely. So terrorism, okay, you're more likely to be struck by lightning, but it's still not an, it's still a scary thing. It's not like a fear of of spiders. It's not like a fear of the outdoors. It's not like a fear of closed spaces. It's a fear of something that's scary. But Jesus is telling us that there is something bigger. There's someone bigger than the problem and the dangers that we face. I want to switch to Romans 8, two different sections here in Romans 8. First is Romans 8, 4 through 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again, but rather the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And then going down further a bit here to verse 31 through the end of the chapter. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? 
Who brings any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? No one. Christ who died more than that, who was raised from life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These verses say two things. One is not good news in the sense that it says we will have trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, Life, death, angels, demons, future, past, height, depth, all of those things. Being a Christian does not protect us from a broken and fallen world. It does not mean we won't go through difficult times. But what it says also is that there is a God who loves us and that Christ is interceding with God for us. So that in all things, we can be more than conquerors. What then do we have to be afraid of? FDR said the only thing to fear is fear itself. And I understand what he's saying. Sometimes fear itself is more dangerous than the danger. Every day I pray that God will protect us protect the world from ISIS, for instance, from the Islamic State and and the terrorism that they want to instill in the world. But I pray also that he will protect us from the fear of it, because that is probably a greater danger than what actually they can do or will do. I don't want you to live in fear. I don't think you're called to live in fear. You have been adopted as a child of God who loves you. You've been adopted in the name of Christ who is interceding for you. As we mature, let us mature into the confidence in that love and not into fear. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave your comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Well, the physician comes in and says, tells this lovely couple, hey, your son's not going to make it. But there's a young girl here in the hospital who just delivered a baby girl and she's given her up. She's going to leave her here. Do you want her instead? That was chart topper Ryan Stevenson sharing a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear artists, songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.